Greetings. I'm Reverend Dr. F. Willis Johnston, and this is Collage, a podcast of unique combinations of people and conversations on various things that matter and make a difference. Rich Harwood is a man who has dedicated his life, work, to fostering community engagement and social change. Rich Hardwood is an authority in this field and is the founder and president of the Hardwood Institute of, for Public Innovation, a nonprofit that inspires and guides individuals and organizations to solve pressing problems and change how communities work together. He motivates and inspires, but also instructs and um, challenges individuals, leaders, communities to become more. And through the various traditions and conditions in which they experience, innovate by turning outward. And this work has made a difference. I'm excited to have this uh, respected uh, author, uh, speaker, and leader in our midst today. Brother Harwood, welcome to Collage. Reverend, so good to be with you. Thank you. I'm excited because uh, your work uh, and your reputation precedes you. Uh, tell us a little bit, first of all, about uh, your pride and joy, uh, the Institute and how, how it came about. And then let's go even further into the latest work that you're doing. You know, it, it came about, I started this um, when I was 27 years old, which was 35 years ago. It's been a long journey. And I started really for four reasons. Um, one, I had worked on 20 political campaigns by the time I was 23. The last one, I was an aide to a U.S. presidential candidate. And, and Reverend, I loved the candidates I worked for, but I hated their, the politics that we were engaged in striking fear into people's hearts. I work for a couple of nonprofits. I'm still in touch with both of them. Mm -hmm. um, they have great missions. But I believed at the time, and unfortunately, I still believe today that too many are afraid to get dirt under their fingernails and to do the real messy work that we need to do to make this society better for all of us, not just for some of us. And third, I'm a person of faith. Um, and my faith calls me to this work very deeply each and every day. And lastly, when I was a child, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, which in 1960 was a death sentence. And so my family went on a death watch uh, for the first three to five years of my life. Fortunately, my diagnosis changed multiple times over the years, but not before a lot of damage was done and not before I was chewed up and spit out by a healthcare system that was supposed to heal me, not harm me, not before I lost my sense of dignity and know what that feels like, not before I got a sense of what it means to lose your voice and not to be seen or heard. And all of these things, these four different things kind of conspired against the advice of everyone I turned to and asked, should I do this? They all said no, including my parents, uh, which like you, I suspect, you know, I'm a bit rebellious. And uh, that just propelled me uh, farther and faster and harder uh, because my belief in what we need to do, not in myself, but in what we collectively together need to do is so deep and strong. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for for sharing. I, I knew uh, and have appreciated for some time the the deep uh, roots uh, and and reverberations of of the empathic nature of of of, of what um, your work has um, encouraged. Uh, now I know uh, from whence that comes. Uh, so 
with all that background, with all that energy, with all, with even the success that you've had, you're embarking on a new national exercise, enough time to build. What is that? Why is that? It's a civic campaign. You know, I, I think that so many leaders that I encounter, so many active citizens that I encounter in communities all across the country tell me how worn out they are, how tired they are, how frustrated they are, how scared they are, how nervous they are. I did a virtual event just yesterday and heard these same things yet again. And, you know, as we came through um, the changes over the last handful of years and, and COVID started to ease, I think so many of us believed that the challenges were easing. And then we looked up and realized, no, they're not easing. They're just beginning. You know better than I, inequities and disparities have grown in our country. They haven't diminished. Mm -hmm. The lack of trust has grown to pervasive mistrust. There's a, hope is in short supply. And it's affecting everyone. And it's affecting some of us more than others. Yeah. And um, there's also a vacuum in public life. This is, you know, the Bridge Alliance works on this every single day. There's a vacuum where the loudest and most divisive voices are taking over our public square. And I believe they have a right to be heard. I do not believe they have a right to dominate. Mm. And so, so many leaders now worn out, so frustrated, so scared are telling me we're retreating to the edges of public life where it's safer, more secure, where we don't have to stick our necks out quite as much. And my message in this campaign is that we need you. We need your energy, we need your wisdom, we need your knowledge, we need your know-how, we need the good work you've been doing. Mm -hmm. And so we need you to step back into the public square for us to do it together and to say that it's time, enough, enough hatred and bigotry, enough division, enough despair, enough hopelessness. The way we're gonna move forward is by coming together and building together the kind of communities and the society we want. One last thought, if I can mention this. We've intentionally, you know, a lot of folks said to me, don't do this during the presidential race. Okay. Don't do this during the midterms, uh, mm -hmm. the congressional midterms. Don't do this during heated statehouse races. Ooh. And uh, maybe it's the rebellious nature from my, when I was younger, but my feeling was, look, now's the time. Yeah. Yes. It's precisely the time to juxtapose what a civic message of hope, what a civic message of building, what a civic message of making community a common enterprise sounds like and what it is juxtaposed to the politics of despair and division that we're going to be inundated with over the next year. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for your courage um, and your commitment um, uh, to go against uh, the the, the prevailing winds. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit um, about the nuts and bolts. You know, what is the objective of, of the campaign? What are the goals? What's, what's your hopes and aspirations from this? My hope first and foremost is that by sounding this message through going across the country and speaking, through paid advertisements that we're going to be doing, through virtual events that we're going to be holding, by providing uh, uh kind of portable tools that people can start to make use of immediately, that through these different things, that first and foremost, community leaders and active citizens will say, someone hears me, someone sees me, there's a message that resonates deeply with me, and we're already starting to hear that as we've launched this, that they will start to feel that they're not so alone, that they can belong to something larger than themselves that's happening both in their community and across communities 
in this country, that there are ways for them to come together like yesterday and connect with one another so that they feel supported, that there are small steps. You know, when people are under stress, when they're fearful, when they're exhausted and frustrated, it's not the time to ask them to do big things necessarily. It's the time to say there are small steps that you can begin to take to get moving in a more productive, hopeful direction where you can restore your sense of possibility and personal agency. Yeah. And so we're going to be doing that as well. This, look, I, I don't have any illusions about this. Mm -hmm. This is not, um, you know, our work in communities is very deep and long-term. This is about uh, sending messages and signals to people that we see you, we hear you, we need more civic voices, yours included, others included, not just mine, but we want to activate others. Mm -hmm. And that we need to know we're not alone in this journey and that uh, together we're, we can rebuild the country and that all good change that has happened in this country always started in local communities. Mm -hmm. History teaches that. Yeah. So a community um, gets involved, how uh, can show its worth and its, its will in what manner of ways through this campaign? Well, just in Fresno, uh, Central Valley of California, I'm going to Flint next week. Uh, Flint's a community that we started working with in, in the mid-90s um, when things really started to fall through the floor for that community when GM pulled out and other things occurred. And they've invited me back after all these years. And the goal there, like in many communities, um, is first I'm going to be spending uh, one evening with a group of racial healers um, talking about uh, their work and what it means for them to rejuvenate themselves and frankly, Reverend, what it means for them to grieve for the losses that have occurred in their communities and in their own lives so that they can move forward with a greater sense of possibility and hope. So that's one part. The other part is there's going to be a large community event um, where I'll be speaking about the ways in which we can actually move forward in tangible ways in communities and what people in Flint can do. Third, I'll be meeting with uh, a roundtable of community leaders who have come together um, primarily through COVID and the water crisis there, mm -hmm. uh, who have come together and do business differently, who want to talk about how is it that they can accelerate and deepen their good efforts and spread them throughout the community. And so we look forward to doing this all across the country. Uh, again, a lot of our work in communities right now is very deep. We're working with communities over three or four years. This is to help uh, catalyze communities, to help give uh, communities a dose of hope to give folks a sense that they can come together and they don't feel alone and to hopefully um, create a little more energy behind the good things that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good news. Now I know with, uh, with beauty uh, usually arises out of ashes and those things that are of, of worth and of value and struggle uh, uh, progress, I should say, comes out of struggle and sometimes mm. challenge. What are some of the the, the obstacles and challenges you see this um, exercise, this campaign uh, contending with over the next many months? You know, look, we're going to run this through February of 2025. So we're in this for the long haul through the midterms and the presidential race, then through uh, the, the coming, the convening of the new Congress next year in the state of the union. So we're here for the long haul on this. Look, I, I think the challenges are that we live, as you know, well, in a very noisy environment. Mm -hmm. that um, that right now, because people are so anxious and fearful of one another, 
hate can sell. Mm. Um, despair can sell. We know that. Um, we know that these campaigns are going to inundate the airways with a lot of derisive um, uh, ads and, and noise. Um, and they're going to be trying to tear each other down. We know that people in local communities, as I've mentioned, uh, the folks that we work with a lot and the folks that you work with um, are doing good work, but they're scared. They're nervous. They're frustrated. They're anxious. They're fearful. Yeah. So we're up against all these things. But here's the good news. I, you know, I, I know uh, that there are real challenges here. And, and believe me, I'm, I'm living them every single day. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm, I'm tired myself. But here's the good news. <laughs> but make the turn. Right. Make the turn, preacher. It's the good news. Yeah, right. the good news. There's a, we got to spread the good news. And the good news is that the human condition has not changed. The environment around us has changed. Mm. And there's always evil in the world. I know that. You know that. But there's a heck of a lot more good in the world than evil. There are many more people who want to do the right thing. They may not always know how, but they want to do the right thing. There are lots of folks who are looking for signals to be sent to them that it's okay to step forward. And it's okay not to be all things to all people. And it's okay not to have to take on the entire world on your own. Just make your contribution. You know, in my faith, there's a teaching that says, if you save one life, you save the world. We know that's not true, but we, but by doing that, by sounding that belief, you're signaling to others that you care, that you're stepping forward, that you see and hear others, that you value one another, that community is important to each other. And so I think we've got to tap into this goodness. We've got to use the hate and despair as a foil and not turn away from it and say, enough, enough, let's get building together. Right on, right on. So even in the uh, in the early stages of this uh, very important work, uh, what have been uh, the 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 lights of of hope? What has been the success thus far? You know, it's interesting. Um, when I was out in the Central Valley of California, which, as you know, is has some of the greatest inequities and disparities in all of the country. Um, when I gave my community speech, I didn't realize when when it began, but I realized as I was speaking that maybe a quarter to a third of the audience didn't speak English. They spoke Spanish. A lot of immigrants there, a lot of folks working in agriculture, a lot of folks working in the service industry. Um, and so there were translators. And one of the first questions came from a woman who stood up and only spoke Spanish and spoke to me and said to me, you know, I work with foster children. We're doing good work. I want to know how to accelerate it. When I was signing books afterwards, another woman came up to me who only spoke Spanish with the trans and came up with the translator and said, I'm a community leader. In my community, the folks in my community no longer trust me because they don't trust the organizations and groups that are coming into my community to do work. What should I do? And what the reason why I take hope from this, Reverend, is because I think how we show up matters. I think whether or not we're willing to face reality matters. I think whether or not we're willing to say we don't have all the answers, but we have some really good questions matters. I think the fact that these two women stood up and said in Spanish to me, I need to figure out a better way forward. I'm willing to take it. Can you help me figure out how to do it? And then I'm going to go do it. That gives me hope because that to me is the seedbed of what makes this country good. 
and what provides a sense of possibility about how we can be better. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. And that's, uh, that's profoundly hopeful. Uh, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. Oh yeah. You know, where, where else, uh, uh, and what else could we want more than to have, uh, our our lives uh, individually and collectively be better than they are, and the promise is what is uh, forever in, uh, anchoring and um, uh, source giving or life giving, uh, right. even in our in our value system known as uh, democracy or the the democratic republic. So in yeah. the time that we have left together, I, I wanted to ask you. So uh, what's next? What's on the horizon? Obviously, this campaign is running through. Mm-hmm much of this year, as you mentioned, into February of 2025. So there's a, this is a marathon, not a sprint, uh, but what's next? And more importantly, how can folks, uh, communities, leaders uh, get involved, become part of this, be helped and hoped up by the work of enough time to build? Well, first I would say they should go to our website and they can sign up and uh, we will be in touch and they will be invited to all the virtual events we do. They'll be invited to um, uh, to events in their local communities. They can invite us to their local community. They can start to use some of these materials that we're gonna be making available for free, um, for no cost. Um, and we want them to feel and to believe more importantly that this campaign, not me, not the Institute, but this work that there's a home for them in this work with other people and that together we can, you know, we're meant to go together. Human beings are wired in such a way, we are built by God in such a way to go together. And right now, so many of us feel alone. We mm. feel that we've got to go it on our own. We feel that we, as I said before, we got to be all things to all people, that we got to solve all the problems on our own. We got to give ourselves permission. Mm-hmm permission that in order to step forward, sometimes you got to take a step back and take stock of where you are and who you are and what are the ways in which in this environment you can move forward. And what I want more than anything when it comes to this campaign, which is just part of the work of the Institute, but today we're talking about this campaign. I want people to believe that there's a pathway forward for them and those they work with so that they can better serve the people they care about in their local communities. And so that each and every individual in this country can be afforded dignity. That community is a common enterprise, that it's not just for some of us, it's for all of us. Mm -hmm. And that we need a culture of responsibility where we actually enact, not just talk about, that we are each other's brother's keepers. And that there is work to be done, and it can only be done by doing it together. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the invitation that you've extended to all of us to become uh, even more involved and more connected, not only one to another, but more involved in what is uh, the realization um, and the manifestation of what uh, in this season to come uh, has been known as the beloved community or or the the uh, the fulfillment of of uh, 
the dream and of the aspirations of so many who who started not only this nation, but who want for this world uh, a lot more of, of equity, of justice, of rightness and righteousness. And so glad that you uh, have taken on not only the call, but continue to live into your call. If there, uh, if if it's okay, we want to push everyone as best as best as we can to to visit more about enough time to build, also to delve into the great work, uh, historic and precedenting setting work of the Harwood Institute, and more. Over, we want you to keep on uh, supporting this great uh, circle of conversation known as Collage. Uh, we are thankful to you, Brother Rich. This won't be the last time. If it's okay, we'll circle back around and see how far we've gotten uh, over that uh, over that half mile mark, uh, 13 miles, I should say, half marathon mm -hmm. mark or so, and then we'll come at the end, and hopefully in February of 2025, we can look back and say how we got over. <laughs> I'll be there right. I'll be there right with you, Reverend. Right on, right on. Well, hey, uh, join me, us, again soon for this podcast and help make a more beautiful, colorful, and perfect.